0: What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the question and answer podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. You can ask me anything and everything about our Catholic faith, from morality to spirituality, whether it's a question about everyday life or what we believe as Catholics. I'm here to help you find answers. If you are a first-time listener, please be sure to follow the podcast. You can also hit me up with your own questions and comments at www.assishapress.com slash askfatherjosh. On today's show, we're going to be talking about spousal prayer. like How do husbands and wives pray together? How can families cultivate an interior life together? It's super awkward at times. And we're like, man, how do I, how do I grow in holiness with my spouse, particularly whenever we are on two different paths, it seems, right now in our relationship with God and our walk toward eternity. But uh, before we get into that topic... Uh, two things. One, I want to acknowledge that this is going to be the last show until the new year. We're about to go on our Christmas break. All the Ascension podcasts are taking a two-week break, so you're not going to hear the podcast for two weeks. We'll be back in the new year. Uh, But two, I want to share with you a glorious story. So my glory story is this. I recently uh, decided I was going to surprise one of my good friends, Sister Josephine Garrett. Many of you know her. She was on our Rejoice Advent program with Father Mark Toops and I. She's a good friend of mine. We've been friends for a few years now, a number of years. And so we've collaborated in ministry on multiple occasions, but I've never been to Texas to visit her and the nuns, the Holy Family Sisters of Nazareth, the convent. So, I reached out to one of her fellow nuns, Sister Emanuela, and I was like, hey, look, I want to surprise Sister Josephine for her birthday. Her birthday is actually my baptismal birthday, and as is it's, uh, Sister Emanuela's baptism birthday as well, we're baptized the same day. I mean, different years, but same day, same feast day. And so, Sister Emanuela and I put this plan together where I was going to come to the convent. And so, after my last mass on Sunday, I booked the flight. Flew to Dallas, and the plan was for me and Sister Manuela to surprise Sister Josephine for her birthday. And my flight got delayed. <laughs> As would have it, my life goes that way. The flight got delayed, and so the whole surprise went out the window. Then my buddy, Father Ruben, he knew I was going to do this, and he texted Sister Josephine that morning. I was like, hey, happy birthday. Now, he and Sister Josephine, they never met yet. And so they, they've texted before. Uh, but like they haven't even met, And so she was like, "Wait, why is Father Ruben texting me happy birthday? How does he know it's my birthday? Uh, and why is Sister Manuela telling me I need to be in Dallas for my birthday? Because they have a convent in Tyler and a convent in Dallas." And so, uh, so she knew something was up. So finally, Sister Manuela, she she just she couldn't keep the secret any longer because now she's telling Sister Josephine, "Hey, uh, dinner's canceled." And she's like, "Wait a minute, you told me to come to Dallas for a dinner with you and the nuns. Like, what's up?" And so finally, she's like, "Okay, I can't lie to you anymore. It's Father Josh. Father Josh and I we were going to surprise you for your birthday." So then they decided to surprise me. So I get to the airport super late, and I'm calling Sister Manuelo. Uh, she's a Holy Family Sister of Nazareth. She's the Vocation Director. Great community of, of sisters. And I get there, and I'm I'm texting her. She's texting me back. I'm calling her. She won't answer. She finally answers. She's like, "Okay, I'm coming. I'm gonna find you." And so I'm like looking for her, and this dude comes up to me, this random guy, and he asked me, he said, hey, are you a priest? I'm like, yeah, man, I'm a priest, and so I talked about LSU, we talked about, because uh, I was obviously assigned there uh, in the past, and we talked about discipleship, and we talked about vocations, and my parish, Sacred Heart of Jesus, church school, best church and school in the diocese of Baton Rouge, shout out to Sacred Heart, and uh, and then he asked me what I was doing, I said, I'm coming to hang out with some nuns, one of them has a birthday that we're going to surprise her with, and as I, I'm telling him about this, like, literally, I was going to fly in on Sunday. Do the surprise birthday party and fly back on Monday. Cause I got to get back to work. You know, my parish is my priority, right? Um, <laughs> I turn around and Sister Josephine was behind me. She scared the life out of me, y'all. I screamed. I screamed so loud. I was, and I screamed out of like a. I was shocked because I was looking for Sister Manuela. B. My surprise was clearly not going to work now. And uh, and C. Yeah, it was just scary. And so uh, yeah, it was fun. So we ended up all hanging out. Got to meet all the sisters at the convent. They have a retreat center out there in Dallas. Got to celebrate Mass with them, hang out with them, pray with them. Uh, it was it was a huge huge blessing. And then uh, and then me and Sister Manuela and Sister Josephine were able to grab dinner, and that was that was a blast. And yeah, so it was it was a huge glory. The glory story is just like it, good holy friendships are a great gift. So I texted Father Ruben and said, Hey man, you you kind of blew it, but Sister Manuela really blew it. <laughs> but it was still fun. We. Yeah, we went and prayed at a Cistercian Abbey, and we went to the campus ministry center at UD uh, in Dallas to go pray over there as well, and uh, and I hopped on a, a bull, and I jumped on a bull, and I didn't ride it. I just I sat on it. It was real, and so lots of, lots of fun things happened. And then I was able to get back to BR, and my flight wasn't delayed back home, and yeah, everything's all good so blessed be God for holy friendships and for fun and for surprises and yeah it just was a blast so that's the glory stories love good and holy healthy friendships if you want to receive show notes by the way you can uh, subscribe to my email list by texting Ask Josh at 33777 you can also rate us and review us on iTunes Spotify Google Play and any other podcast format and you can share us on your social media pages when you do this it helps other people to find out about the show if it's been good for you potentially it can become good for them as well. And now let's get into today's show. Today's question comes in from Anonymous. Anonymous writes this, Hey, Father Josh, thank you for your podcast. It's been such a blessing to me. We often hear that spouses that pray together are better off and have a stronger relationship. How would you encourage a couple to live this out if one spouse isn't interested in praying and is even more uncomfortable about sharing their spiritual life? I think that's a great, great question because, you know, we can't force our spirituality on other people. I see this happen all the time, right? Like one of my Uh, When I was at St. Aloysius a number of years ago, we brought Axe to the Diocese of Baton Rouge. And Axe was amazing. It bore supernatural fruit and continues to bear supernatural fruit. But as everything good happens, like there are always like, you know, negatives or whatever. One of the negatives was that sometimes people would go on Axe and be like, oh, because Axe was amazing for me, you have to do Axe. And so people would come back and tell their friends, like, you have to do it. And and it, it's like okay no you, they don't have to do it right Acts is really good I love it we're actually bringing it to my parish Sacred Heart of Jesus uh, I think Our Lady Mercy brought it to their parish Saint George brought it to their parish Saint John's brought it to their parish and like Our Lady Peace brought it to theirs so a number of parishes in my diocese have been bringing Acts to their parish it's good blessed be God I praise God for it it's so good I enjoy Acts I thought it was great however that doesn't mean that it's for everybody just because something worked for you doesn't mean going can work for them. But what we could do is we could say, well, this is the silver bullet. Like you got to do this, and we push it on people, right? Or it's the manresa silent retreat. Man, I went on a manresa silent retreat, and as a priest, we go on it every year, um, and it was amazing. I love it. I love silent retreats, you know, because I love silent retreats. You got to do manresa. You got to get plugged in. You've got to get signed up for manresa silent retreat. You need to do this, or it might be a charismatic renewal conference, a CCR. No. Um, conference or or, uh, the encounter conference, because I went to encounter and it changed my life or because I went to CCRNO and it transformed my life and my marriage, you have to do it too. And so just because we particularly received a grace from God in a unique way that has helped us to grow in a relationship and grow in virtue and find freedom and healing from our vices and whatever, doesn't mean that God's going to communicate to everyone else that same exact way. Some people are going to go to Medrigoria and have a powerful encounter. Some people are going to go to Medrigoria and hate it. Some people are going to go to CCRNO or our Encounter Conference and love it. Some people are going to go and hate it. Some people are going to do Axe retreats and love them. Some are going to go and hate it. Some are going to go to Manorisa for a solemn retreat and find it amazing. Some are going to go and hate it. It's not for everybody. Just because something's for you doesn't mean it's for them. So when it comes to prayer, we are all invited to pray. We're all called to pray. If we don't pray, we don't have a relationship with God. It's that basic. If you don't pray, you're not in relationship with Jesus Christ, period. But we can't we can't assume our spouse is going to pray the same way we're going to pray. They have a different personality than us, a different temperament, and they're going to have a different spirituality probably than us as well. They might have the same spirituality if they do, blessed be God, but they might not also. Uh, and so I, I want to encourage a few things that I think can just be like a typical rules for all of us when it comes to praying as, as couples. Number one, obviously, communal prayer, mass. Mass is a communal prayer. Go to mass together. Blessings before meals, that's a communal prayer. But then also, I would encourage you for communal prayer, what might be helpful, particularly whenever you might have a different spirituality than your spouse has, is to do rote prayers, right? To do devotionals. So to pray the rosary together as a couple, whether it's a decade of the rosary or the entire rosary, to pray the divine mercy chaplet together. Not the rosary and divine mercy chaplet, right, but just pick one, the rosary or divine mercy chaplet. Maybe pray night prayer together, the liturgy of the hours. Every priest, every religious sister, um, even every deacon, that we pray morning prayer, evening prayer, and priests and sisters pray office, morning, evening, daytime, and night prayer. Um, and some even pray all seven hours. But maybe pray the liturgy of the hours together, right? whether it's office of readings or morning or evening or a night prayer together with your spouse, or as an entire family. In night prayer, there's a time for examination of conscience. Then you could do the liturgy. Uh, you could even add in there like, "What's your your joys? What are you grateful for?" Before you go into the examination of conscience. So those are some prayers you can recite together. Also, you can maybe you might be more spontaneous, charismatic. Your your partner might be more into rote prayers: Our Fathers, Hail Marys, Glory Bees, Saint Michael's, Angel of Gods. So potentially what might also help is if you guys set aside a time where your spouse does like the Lord's prayer, you do spontaneous prayers, your spouse does the glory be. Right. And so that way you don't make your spouse do something that they don't feel called by God to do. And also you're not doing something that you don't necessarily feel called by God to do. But one of my friends, actually sister Josephine, she said, invite your listeners to follow the way of a convent. Convents set a time um, and set a thing to do in prayer. So if you have the habit of praying at the same time every day with your spouse and doing the same thing, that's going to foster and facilitate a rule of life that can help you to grow mature in holiness. And so, again, whether that is your spouse doing Lord's Prayer, you're doing spontaneous, your spouse doing Hail Mary, Glory Be St. Michael, whether that's uh, you guys doing a rosary together, the Divine Mercy Chaplet, or night prayer with an examination of conscience, whether it's you guys sharing what you're grateful for and then going into the liturgy, Uh, Whether it's you guys listening to praise and worship music together and singing praise and worship or our gospel hymns together, there's different ways that you're invited to do this. But I would encourage you, whatever you do, to be consistent and intentional with it. In addition to that, what you could also do is, uh, and should do, is you should both be having your own time set aside for personal prayer with Jesus Christ, where you're probably doing Lectio Divina, praying with Scripture, speaking to God, sharing thoughts, feelings, and desires, and listening to God talk to you in the Word of God, and then... And maybe at the end of the night, you could talk about your prayer with each other, or you could pray the same scripture, like every day in your personal prayer, and then one day a week, you can set aside a time that's consistent and intentional where you come together and you share the fruit of your prayer with each other. And then you go into the rote prayer, spontaneous prayer, rote prayer, our Father, spontaneous, praise and worship, glory be, hail Mary, etc. cetera. Um, but that's another way that you could grow in intimacy with each other, where it's not like forcing it, it's not pushing your spirituality or then pushing their spirituality on you or vice versa. It's cultivating a relationship with Jesus Christ and growing in holiness in the way that's best for you as a couple to become saints in your walk toward eternity. So hopefully that was a bit helpful. I would love to know what you, th- what you think about that. So, um, yeah, with that. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to jump into our saint for the show, and I'm sure you all can guess who the saint's going to be, uh, because Christmas is right around the corner. There's a saint who's probably on most of our minds. Yeah, so stay tuned. Hi, my name is Father Mike Schmitz, and we know, right, as disciples of Jesus, we need to be encountering God's word on a regular basis. We need God's word to transform our minds, to move our hearts. And yet, if you're anything like me, sometimes you sit down to read the Bible and just you fall asleep, or you get caught up in the names and the events. It can be a confusing set of books. We've created an answer, and the answer, we think, is the Catholic Bible in a Year podcast. It is produced by Ascension and hosted um, by me. For more information, you can go to ascensionpress.com slash Bible in And we are back. Just a quick reminder, you can hit me up with your own questions and comments at www.ascensionpress.com slash Ask Josh. You can also receive our show notes and any updates about our podcast by subscribing to our email list by texting Ask Father Josh at 33777. And you can rate us and review us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and any other podcasts that's out there, as well as sharing us on your social media pages. That will help other people to find out about this show. So obviously, Christmas is literally right around the corner. By the time you hear this show, Christmas would be, I think, a week away. And so the saint for today is Saint Nicholas, good old Saint Nick, a.k.a. Santa Claus. A lot of people don't know Santa Claus comes from St. Nicholas. So that people say, like, well, give me the real scoop on Santa Claus. Yeah, Santa Claus really did exist. His name was St. Nicholas. He he was born into a family where his parents were devoted to serving the poor and they were devoted to serving those who were sick. And in fact, his mom and his dad died because they were serving the sick. Like, just like, uh, who's a saint from Hawaii? Uh, St. Damien Malachi uh, he chose to go and serve lepers, and while serving lepers, he contracted leprosy. Saint Nicholas's parents were serving the sick, and they died. This is what happened to Saint John Paul the Great's brother, older brother. His older brother, uh, he was a nurse and/or doctor and/or nurse practitioner and/or in the medical field somehow. I don't know, but whatever it was, he chose to serve the sick in Poland, and he contracted a disease by doing that, and that's how he died. So Nicholas was an only child, unlike John Paul. Uh, Jean-Paul had a brother and a sister. They both passed away, but Nicholas was an only child. And so he inherited all of his parents' money, all of their, their wealth. And like his parents, he also was concerned with the poor and the sick and the suffering. And so he began to give his his money. Um, he began to give his wealth and share his gifts with uh, destitute families who were sick and who were suffering and who went without. He particularly served people who were widows and people who found themselves in in slavery. And so he was a good guy. Uh, St. Nicholas uh, had compassion for those who were marginalized, he had compassion for those who were disenfranchised, he had compassion for those who were sick and who were suffering. He eventually became a bishop at a very young age, around the age of 30, He was a young bishop. Typically in history, whenever somebody becomes a bishop too early or a king too early, it's never a good thing. But for him, in his case, it was a great thing. He was a very good bishop, and he, rumor has it, ended up punching somebody, a heretic, at a council because the heretic was speaking ill against God and against the teachings of the church. But nonetheless, uh, all the stories of, of, obviously, Santa Claus helping those and being generous with people and giving gifts anonymously, it comes from the fact that Bishop... St. Nicholas actually did those things. He helped people and he uh, gave anonymously to people who were, who were in need, who were sick and who were suffering. But he didn't just give financial gifts. He didn't just give monetary gifts to people. He also prayed for supernatural miracles to happen. He prayed for supernatural healings to happen within his community. Uh, and so there are a number of stories where he literally worked miracles and wonders. He even resurrected uh, boys. Who died? (laughs) So there's crazy stories about St. Nicholas, and saints are still with us. The body of Christ is with us today. Remember, Moses and Elijah were talking to Jesus on the top of Mount Tabor. Moses died a super long time ago. Yet, whenever Jesus was on top of Mount Tabor, Peter, James, and John, Moses appeared talking to Jesus Christ again. The Blessed Mother appears all over the world in Guadalupe, in Fatima, in Lourdes, in Cabejo, Africa. Uh, And so in, in Medjugorje, she's allegedly appearing there right now. So there's so many stories of like the saints showing us that they're still with us. And so St. Nicholas certainly is still with us. And he still cares about the poor and the marginalized and the disenfranchised. And he still wants to share the gifts that God gave to him with other people. And so he's with us today as he was with us uh, yesterday. And so uh, we invite you this Christmas season, St. Nicholas, to, uh, to pray for us. With that, I hope and pray you have a blessed last week of Advent. And a merry, merry Christmas season. Christmas is not a day. If you put your tree up, don't take it down the 26th. Christmas season goes into the baptism of the Lord. Uh, So keep celebrating Christmas during the season. Don't let it be a secular thing where you stop doing Christmas the day after Christmas Sunday. Like celebrate Christmas throughout the season uh, because Jesus wants us to to party. So St. Nicholas, pray for us. Uh, Until we get back in January... I'll see y'all in the Eucharist. Deuces.